Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, after this long winter, my family needs a style pick-me-up for spring. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, spring's first big sale is on now. Pick up fresh styles for the family from just $5, 10 and $15 with tees and tanks from 5 bucks, kids' shorts from 10 bucks, and jeans from 15 bucks. Whoa, styles from just 5 bucks? That's right. Plus, get 50% off swimwear and buy online and pick up in-store for free today. Now that's a real pick-me-up. Get to Old Navy and OldNavy.com now for spring styles from 5 10 and 15 bucks. About 318 to 326 in-stores. Select styles only. Excludes licensed and in-store clearance. Hello. Hi. Welcome to uh, the intro to our first live episode. We thought we should do like a little intro just to set it up because yeah. we just kind of launched straight into it on the night. Yeah, we really did. We were very enthusiastic. Yeah. We, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> like we kind of planned to do like a little bit of talking up front and then do the quiz. But yeah. we just kind of went, hello, this is the podcast. And then I jumped straight off stage again, pretty much. <laughs> to do, he was the gopher for the quiz and I was the quiz overlord. Like you can't, I'm not sure how much you can tell from when you listen to it, but I was running around a lot for that yeah, quiz. Yeah, you sweating a bit like. I, I sweat a lot mm. at that bit. I haven't felt like that since. Sports time sports in school. Sports time in school. Yeah. What time is it? Oh, Sports time. <laughs> sports time. I hate sports It's time. not even doing sports, just talking about sports. Yeah. Yeah, makes me sweat. <laughs> um, it was in the workman's it was. it was in the downstairs room mm-hmm. and there were loads of people there and it was lonely and Maria talked about The Wizard of Oz with us the film from 1939 mm-hmm. and it was at this point it was over a week ago it was on the was it the 27th? 7th yeah 27th of September and um, she played a lovely song off of her album which is self-titled and it came out that week too mm-hmm. and you should listen to it and um She's going to have a film out too, a little short film. Oh, yeah. And that's it was really good and lovely. Yeah. So hopefully you'll be able to watch that soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, let's just let you listen to the episode. So yeah. We're not going to do an outro for this one. We're just going to let it, because we did a big outro. Yeah. We, we didn't. We, we ran back on stage and said bye. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to plan the stagecraft of our, yeah. our art more. I felt kind of sick from the burrito bowl at that point. Oh, that's true. I feel yeah. like that was a bad choice. Anyway. Bye. Enjoy the episode. Bye. <laughs> It's our first live show, so we want to do a proper big intro. Um, people of the audience, are you ready to be a podcast audience? That'll do. Start the music. Hey, um, I'm Alan. I'm Ellen. We're Juvenilia. We're Juvenilia, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, which I'm sure most of you haven't, yeah. um, we basically get someone we think is cool and ask them about a piece of pop culture that was important to them when they were a child. Yeah, or a teen. Or a teen. We're not really, like, we're, there's no parameters. No. Like, over 18, get out of here. If it's formative in any way at all, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, basically, yeah. we wanted to start um, by doing something that combines like two loves that we both have, which is free stuff and quizzes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so um, Alan is going to go into the audience and I have six questions and six prizes we One have to now. give out. And um, I have the questions on my phone. <laughs> so that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So we pick a pop cultural thing every episode to talk about. So sometimes it's like Jurassic Park. Sometimes it's a James Bond movie. Sometimes it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So um, I'm just going to check the state of Alan, like not like in a bad way, just, um, is he all right? 
if anyone can let me I'm know. I'm good. Okay. Here. <laughs> That's good. I'm happy you're okay. Ready to give out prizes. Um, so I think the way I'm going to work this is um, if you know the answer to the question, put your hand up and Alan will come over and it's like school. Basically, we're in school. Um, so the first question, there's six prizes. One of them is a grand prize. Alan will give it last five or just for like regular like peasantry, peasantry prizes. Um, so first question. What was Famke Janssen's name in the James Bond film Goldeneye? She had like a like That's a porny name. So, Alan, you can just pick like whoever. I think you were first. What's your name? Karen. What's the answer? Zenia Anatov. Yes. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, you get the special juvenile happy birthday goodie bag. And, and Alan, let her know, like, t tell us what she wins as well. Oh, what? oh, you made those. What's in them? Wait, no. Oh, okay. So the goodie yeah. bag has like pipe cleaners and a mask that's in the shape of an animal face and some uh, My Little Pony stickers and some refreshers and a Happy Hippo and um, I think there's stuff. There's a badge. Yes. And then Alan also has literary prizes. I've got a book for you. It's Sweet Sixteen, The Perfect Summer, Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Prize Thanks, one. Alan. Done. That was good. Um, question number two. What is Neo's real name in the Matrix? Hands up. Oh, Stephen. Okay. Hello. I don't know you. <laughs> Who is that man? Um, Hello. Okay. So, What's your name? Peter. <laughs> Alan, you were going to say something. Um, so what's, what's his name? Peter? No, what's Neo's no. name? No, it's not Peter. John Anderson. You know, you got it half right, and you took up a lot of that time, so I just gave him the prize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy birthday bag. And. Okay. For Peter. Thanks, Peter. We have a 1996 WCW World Championship Wrestling uh, wrestling Annual. Yeah, wrestling. Featuring Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he was called Stunning Steve Austin. Lots of good stuff. There's a, oh, there's a full-page poster of Hulk Hogan in there as well, so that's the, that's the main thing. It's good. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Okay, question this number three. Very all, Alan. How much did Moose the Jack Russell get per episode playing Eddie on Frasier? This seems hard. Well, Alan, you asked for hard questions. So, okay, so I'll give it a ballpark. It's between, say, five and 20 grand per episode. So Someone just stick up their hand and then guess. There we go, someone. Yeah. This lady. Hello. What is your name? Cat. Uh, What's your answer? I'm going to say 12 grand. You know, it, it's... We're just going to say yeah. <laughs> Let's just say yeah. It's close, but I think it's... She's only 2K over, so give her the price. Yeah. yeah. So, you get a bag. <laughs> and... This isn't like one of your school quizzes. <laughs> Where you have to actually like get the answer correct. We're your all finished. Literary, that. No, yeah. Uh, okay. Your literary present is Shrek Forever After the novel. So enjoy that. It goes a lot deeper into the character motivations than the original film did. So. Okay. So question. It's question number four. What type of food special did Romy and Michelle inquire about at the diner on the way to their high school reunion? Oh. Right here. <laughs> Like Straight some, in. 
Shauna Scott did have her hand up first, but she did the Romeo and Michelle episode of Juvenalia, so... Yeah. That's kind I'm of sorry, cheating. Shauna, you're going to have to be disqualified from this round. Um, so, what's your name? Uh, Neve. And? Is it a business lady special? Business woman, but I'll we'll take it. That. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. The bag. One bag. Enjoy the bag. And... Oh, you get Red Mick, the biography of Mick Huggenthal of Simply Red. <laughs> And not just any version, this is the fully updated edition with new photographs. So, <laughs> enjoy that. Okay. Okay, are we ready for we the fifth question? two more. Yeah, two more. We'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. What was the substance that the exploded marshmallow was actually made from in the first Ghostbusters movie? Oh, see one? Oh. oh in the back. Can't really see anyone. <laughs> just lots of floating heads. It's cool. What is your name? Adam and Stay Puffed. Why was that? Stay Puffed. Uh, no, it's like I mean, it's, that was yeah. That what was the what was it's not marshmallow that it was made of because that would be expensive and sticky. So, um, what was it actually made of? Like, yes. There we go. Correct. Correct. So, sorry, I should have been clearer. Here is a goodie bag. Um, apologies. Okay. And your book is the Take That Fact File. <laughs> That cost four ninety nine back in the day, so that's getting good value there. It's almost five punts. Yeah. <laughs> Last one. Okay, this is the grand prize super hard question that involves the arbitrary number. Um, in Jurassic Park, how many types of dinosaur embryo did Dennis Nedry try to steal? Or steal, I don't oh. know, I only watched it once. See one then here. What is your name? George. And um, what's the answer? 40. Oh, sorry. No, I'm that's sorry. Way off. Oh, wait, another one. No, that's like nowhere near. Lorna. And? 13. Oh, closer. Closer. Another one. I'd really like to see someone get the we numbers. I'm going to be strict on this one, so. 17. Oh. Uh, Further away. Further away. so close, it's killing me. Yeah, one over here first, we'll come back to you. Go on, you can do it. 11. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> four? No. No, 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 no. No. We're miles off. No. Nope. Come on. <laughs> ten? No. No. Like, like there's a very limited number of numbers. It's above in ten the world. but below twenty, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're here. Seventeen. No, that's what I thought it was. It's not. It's close. Fourteen? <gasps> no. No. <laughs> Twelve? No! God damn it. Shauna, yeah. I saw you had your hand up. Come on. Six, wasn't it? No. <laughs> no, nope. Thirteen. No, Ben. Oh, lads. No. <laughs> Think they had to fit into a shaving can, you guys. <laughs> Come on. Fifteen? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> well done. Thank you. What is your name, saviour of the podcast? Uh, Katrina. Thank you, Katrina. Here's your, your bag. And here is um, Art Attack with Neil Buchanan. Great things to make from rubbish. <laughs> That's the grand prize. <sighs> okay. So that was the quiz portion of the night. Um, thank you very much for facilitating this, which was just a whim that I had. Um, okay, so I'm just going to wait till Alan gets back up here because that's the nature of live podcasting. I'm back. He's back? Yeah. <laughs> I was so scared without you. <laughs> um, okay, so do you want to talk a bit about who we have? Let's. Yeah. She is from loads of things. She's from loads of things. She sings loads of things. Mm -hmm. She acts in a lot of stuff. Makes a lot of stuff. She's pretty cool. And National I'm treasure. 
Hmm? National treasure? Yeah, I go. Yeah. We don't want to embarrass her, but yeah. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, we're a small country, so it's not as much of a burden. No, there's very little in the way of official, official duties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 F- it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's Maria Doll Kennedy. Yay! Everybody. I do hope she's here. Oh, wait, what? Well, I- you invited her, right? There she is. Oh, yay. Clap again. Clap again. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yay. Hello. Hi. Hi, Let's Maria. Burden-free zone. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of the podcast is that you pick a topic and we talk about it. And you chose The Wizard of Oz. I did. And you wore shoes to match. And I almost, uh, yeah, I, I dressed sort of thematically as well. Mm-hmm. So how old were you when you saw it for the first time? Well, the reason I chose it was um, you asked me to pick something from when I was younger, um, which was easy because I'm ancient. (laughs) But um, it was kind of the single thing that had the most impact on me. And as you can see, still impacts on my dress code hugely. Um, I went to see it when I was uh, still three. And I went to school and uh, I started off school and I was small and really terrified. Obviously, it was in Enniscorthy in County Wexford. And in the first week of school, they brought us into this huge hall, school hall, and they showed the Wizard of Oz on a, um, you know, projector reel. And everything about the experience of school so far had been completely terrifying to me. I was clearly far too young to be in school. <laughs> I think the fact that I was three and going to school <laughs> says a lot about my parents and my family more than anything else. They were clearly just dying to get rid of me. So they just said, she's nearly four. Let's just send her to school. I think four was the legal age, yeah. actually. Yeah. But... um I, yeah, I was terrified and then we went to this hall, I didn't know what was going on and we were all marched down and we went to the hall and they showed on a projector and then this scene, this world just enfolded in front of me and I thought it was just the best and most magical thing I'd ever seen and kind of still do. Yeah. Um, I hadn't watched it for a little while and I watched it again this week before coming to see you and I just kind of still feel the same way about it. It was so um, moving and so beautiful and because I was so young and had like literally no life experience whatsoever, <laughs> um, I didn't question any of it for a second. Mm-hmm. It was a world that was real to me and possible. And to the point that I never even, I was like, you know, maybe when I was 12 or something and I watched it again, or I had seen it maybe once again when I was, you know, six or seven. And then I saw it again. And eventually I went, oh, that guy is actually the lion. That took me years too. Like I I really, I didn't figure out or question any of those massive signposts (laughs) in the film. I'm just like, no, this is real. There's a hurricane and then... You end up somewhere else and then it's colorful and then there are people there and some of them are good and some of them are bad and some of them are kind of faker, baker. And that's just a map for life. And I sort of still think that way. So you have like a really vivid early memory of seeing the film. Is that one of your earliest memories or do you remember a lot? From it is, it's definitely one of my earliest memories. But also the other thing about it is that halfway through the film, 
we got through the first bit, you know, where it's all black and white and the storm comes and everything. And eventually when she she lands, the you know, it goes into color. And just after it got into color, because the first bit of it still was quite terrifying to me and the nasty um, neighbor who wanted to put the dog down and and the whole hurricane and her getting lost and not being able to get into the bunker. And I was really scared of all of that. And then she landed and... Um, the the good um, the good witch arrived and and all of those things and was like no it's going to be okay yeah. and then the projector broke down <laughs> so I had no ability to cope with that at all either so I <laughs> cried I just cried and pretty much most of my class the you know we weren't even called junior infants then I don't know what we were called like sprats or something <laughs> just, you know annoying little fuckers um we most of us cried and and so that was was all of just a bad a bad beginning to the school experience but they did bring us back a, um a week later and they and they showed us the rest of it so my life was not ruined entirely so did you watch it a lot when you were young? Did you manage to see it a lot? Of, like, I did, over and over? I did, yeah. yeah. Um, but more as a teenager, actually. Mm-hmm. I watched it again when I was young, and then, and then I just started to watch it kind of obsessively. And then I made a really great friend later on um, in my 20s who loved it as much as I did and understood that it was more than just the film, that it was it kind of a, yeah, like a map and, and, and a journey and kind of opened you up to the possibilities of of um surrealism and things not having to be uh an ordinary way mm. and we both felt that from from the very beginning that that was possible that things yeah. didn't have to just be an ordinary boxy mm. kind of way that there was all kinds of color and shapes and tunes that they could go in because mm-hmm. i only saw it for the second time this morning i only saw it once when i was like nine and I always had it in my head that it was a really like sincere and earnest film, and it is. But it's also really odd. Like all the everybody does, like the line especially, every single line reading he does, there's something him. off about it. It's just it's because they're vaudeville entertainers, it, I guess. They yeah, just, they and it's kind of so, mess it up as much as they can. And it's so camp. Mm. I think is mm. the main thing about it. It's so like there, there's like nobody ever said to them, "We want you to." underplay that yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> we want a little bit of naturalistic scarecrow <laughs> action going on no nobody ever broke that out it was just like take it wherever you can you can and then of course like later when when I met my friend who was as obsessed with it as I am and still is um she broke out all the trivia to me that I hadn't yeah. been aware of either mm. there's so many stories around it that um there's the obvious one of judy garland you know she was so young when she did it wasn't she 19 16 yeah yeah yeah, she was 16 and she um it took so long and also she i i presume it's in the days where they they you know that the studios were absolutely um king or were powerful Mm. yeah and um, she became addicted to um, prescription uh, meds. What, to what work she was like doing longer because she, hours and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because she couldn't sleep and then she needed to be like really bright and mm-hmm. up. So she started to take uppers and downers at that age from that. And that sort of obviously created a pattern mm-hmm. for her. And um, there are all the stories about the, um, the the witch, the wicked witch, you know, when she died, you know, when the water gets thrown on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her makeup went on fire 
you know, she's green. Yeah. And she was wearing this makeup that at the time had um, metal in it. It had... Uh, Copper. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and it went on fire and started to burn her skin. And uh, like there's all kinds of the, huge... They filmed like weeks with an original Tin Man. And then his costume was made of aluminium dust and it all went into his lungs. And he had an allergic reaction. So they had to replace him two weeks in and refilm everything. <gasps> and he'd swapped roles with the Scarecrow. But that's like... Because played... Original Iron Man wants to do Scarecrow, so he took Scarecrow. Mm. The other guy took Iron Man, not Iron Man, Tin Man. It's <laughs> mm. a very definitely different film. not Iron Man. The Tin Man, and then he had to basically go because yeah. he was just too sick. But because as well, like I was reading about it and all about Technicolor and stuff, and how much of a selling point it was to make sure that it was really vibrant. The set was like a hundred degrees Fahrenheit some mm. days, and everyone would be like in really heavy stage makeup and stuff. And another thing I found out that I thought was weird because when I watched it, I thought that the witch was ancient. And she was sort of portrayed as like a crone. She was 36. Yeah. 36. <laughs> that's nothing like, that's a baby. But anyway. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Um, so that's a very young age watching Wizard of Oz. It is a very scary film. I found, even watching it, like, and I was 33-year-old, I Lo- was loads, freaked out loads by Loads of people it. told me that they, that they watched it and they um, were scared by it and they had mm. to leave. And um, so... That was another thing that I thought of, um, that I, I had the absolute opposite reaction, that it was a place of um, safety for me, as opposed to something that was scared. That it meant, like seeing that actually meant that the world was not as scary as the world seemed, the real world seemed, mm-hmm. because like that was a world that was possible. So mm-hmm. that's just what you had to aim for. <laughs> something where there were loads of people who were clearly well, possibly off their heads a lot and wearing a lot of colorful clothes and they sang and they danced and they had fun and they helped each other out and they faced obstacles and they had some kind of strong sense of sort of old-fashioned sense of um, honor Mm. or, you know, all of those things. Being a do-gooder. But like, I don't mean that in like a snarky way, just like, being good being at a evil, force basically. for good, yeah, exactly. yeah, I think, yeah, and that the tools yeah. to actually fix everything were inside them all along, which is a cheesy. <laughs> it's a very cheesy moral, but it's a good one to it's, learn. It's really when you're cheesy, but isn't yeah. it what you'd kind of want though yeah. in the world in life? Especially because it came out in 1939, which we kind of forget about now. And I was reading all the old reviews from when it came out first, and only like one of the mentions that it's like a timely film because World War Two was about to kick off. That it was like good people banding together against evil. I'd never thought about which that, Which we actually. totally forget about now, context of films like oh, that, I think. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing further on that. That was just sure, something they interesting. Could make that. They could make it now, couldn't they, they? They could make it now with the Trump. With the, and the yeah. Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I don't even we're like... Not gonna, we're not no, going to sully no. the podcast with his name. Sorry, guys. Yeah. But yeah. Who is your favorite? Do you have a favorite out of the Scarecrow, the Lion, and the Tin Man, or is it does it vary depending on the situation? I think it varies. Yeah, every yeah. time every time I watch it, they're all so they're all so completely brilliant and adorable. I think, and also they're all so the same but different when they're their real selves back on the mm-hmm. farm. Um, there's something incredibly beautiful about the man who is the Scarecrow. This really just his body moves like a he's so like he's an acrobat obviously or you know he can just melt himself into whatever shape he needs to make you feel whatever whatever is the right way in the occasion in 
in a good way. Yeah. That could sound kind of creepy, but <laughs> but really no, in, like, a, yeah. in a good yeah. way. Yeah. And uh, I like them all. I, I think probably, though, the Scarecrow is my favorite. I know everybody in my house has a, has a different favorite one. I think I like the Scarecrow. He's my favorite, too. And of course, the songs were so important. Yeah. I mean, her voice when when she sings, it, it's it's just transcendent. Mm-hmm. It has this incredible power, but also it's so so composed and kind of serene it makes mm. a it's an otherworldly sound almost I, I i just i still find it hard to believe when i hear it that somebody can sing so beautifully do you think hearing that so young was part of why you love singing so much or was it i don't know i I, I never really thought about it about singing i think mm. that the person for singing for me was came much later um i think uh when most people connect with music, I think it's usually in their teens when you're, um, you know, when you you have feelings that you don't quite have the emotional language um, to express yet. And you hear a song and you're like, no, that's it. That's what I mean. Or that's how I feel. Or that's, I think that's the, Billie Holiday did that for me the first time when I got a present of a record of hers when I was, um, 13, I think, and her voice made a sound that I'd never heard before. It wasn't like um, listening to somebody sing. It was like uh, being moved by somebody mm-hmm. singing. Like it, she just kind of, she stirs you up on the inside and it and the, the world is a different place afterwards. She's moved your molecules around mm-hmm. or something. So that's, I think that's, yeah, music came to me then when I needed a way to explain, another way to explain the world, mm-hmm. because I, yeah, found boys by then, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so do you watch it with your kids now? Like, do you, did, did you deliberately pick a time to introduce it to them? It was like a big thing for you? I or? think they all found it themselves yeah. um, and and all, and all and brought us back to it at different mm-hmm. times. So um, it's been, yeah, it's always, it's still a good, like, holiday favorite in our house it would still be a christmas kind of film that yeah, we would watch or, yeah there's loads of them but that's one of them mostly though they want to watch things uh, that are much um sarkier really you know Step Brothers is probably the biggest <laughs> favorite film in our film, house though. yeah no it is a great film yeah. <laughs> and uh that's what they want to they want to just run around going if you're mean to me i'll just wipe my Numchucks on your on your drum set and <laughs> not numchucks, but you know, yeah. <laughs> You've all seen the film. Yeah. I'm just being polite for a few minutes now. <laughs> I had something to say and then I forgot. That's okay. I'm sorry. No, I, like I forgot. It's gone. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the notepad. We should have a, um, a a microphone in the audience for for the. Uh, I, I bet you've all seen the Wizard of Oz as well, That's right? True. Do you like it? <laughs> it's oh, good. Yeah. One thing we need to highlight is that Toto is the best dog. Oh, Toto is the best dog. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great dog. Well, he's a dog you want to save, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. So that's the good thing about him. Um, personally, I, 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 my heart goes to bigger dogs in a way. We have a, a well, it's a mutt, but mostly our dog. Um, she's a kind of a collie, mostly, and uh, they're kind of mostly the dogs uh, I've been in love with all my life. But like Toto's a, a littler dog, but she's certainly one you want to save. Mm-hmm. And also just you want to save all of them against that horrible neighbor. 
Mm-hmm. That's the the great thing about it, isn't it? It sets it up from the beginning that they're like good people and she's a bad person. And like a meddler and Yeah. 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 And just she should get her come up and, and they should mm-hmm. get righteousness and mm-hmm. fairness on their side. And if the wind is gonna come and mess with that, mm-hmm. then somehow we have to reset the world and go back to better temperatures and all of that. But God, that's we'll never do that, right? I don't know. <laughs> But she was so intense, the neighbor. I always remember Miss Elmira Gulch or whatever. She, um, the way she said that she was just going to have total, but she didn't say put down. She was like, I'm going to have this job destroyed. And I remember being like, fine. Like, what are they? How are they going to kill? What are they? Are they going to blow the dog? What? Like, (laughs) I, it was just running through my mind. I was like, what's she going to do? And she was one where I knew it was her when she was the witch too, but I did not pick up on any of her three companions being the firemans at all until maybe I was like 11. Yeah, no, me too. Exactly. I recognized her as the witch and I was like, well, definitely. But of course, I didn't even think it was the same person, but I was just going, they're related. (laughs) She's a descendant of that person in the other world. That makes so much sense to me. But the other ones, no, just totally glossed over that completely. Yeah, and, and also the the way that she does it, like she arrives and, and she's a mean person and obviously um, Dorothy's aunt and uncle are, are good people, but she comes with the weight of the law behind her. She comes mm-hmm. with the bill from the sheriff and they would have stepped up and, and intervened, but the law from the sheriff, that's just, that's un unbreachable. That's mm-hmm. That's something they can't go against. And again, it's all that idea of, oppression isn't it and the the powerlessness of the little people and the Mm -hmm. the weight of the law or laws and and all of that idea and how it can just really become a destructive influence rather than something that's created to impose good structure or or Mm. or behavior but that's like um the book as well apparently has like i was because i read the book after i saw the film because my dad had a copy of it so and then I read like articles about the book leading up to this and like so much of the book apparently like the author Al Frank is it Baum? Yeah. I did German, I should know that. But is anyway. It Baum? Um and he talked he apparently the book was a lot about like it was like a metaphors for American society and stuff at the time, which was in like the nineteen hundreds, which I thought was really interesting. I wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite scene? Because my favorite scene is when they go to get makeovers in Emerald City. <laughs> <laughs> That is pretty brilliant. Yeah. So many. I, I mean, I think I think probably my favorite favorite though has to be when she when Glinda arrives and then all of the munchkins start to rock up and, and welcome her mm-hmm. and the um the lollipop kin come up mm-hmm. and give her the lollipop and oh, I think that's just so beautiful mm-hmm. and so camp and so colorful. <laughs> I just was like, I want to go to that party. <laughs> you know, what are they all doing after this? Like they, <laughs> they look like they're behaving themselves now, kind of like you'd be on your best behavior for a meeting with a big family do or something but you know that that's going to last for about 40 minutes (laughs) and then there's going to be some good crack later so yeah like a two-day rollover (laughs) (laughs) you know um what do you think has lasted so long so well i suppose because again going back to 
the original reviews of the film was compared to most with Snow White, which came out two years before. I think there was nothing. There hasn't been anything really like it in a very long time after that. So why do you think we still like it so much? I think it's so bizarre. Mm. I think it has all the um, the kind of tropes that we've said: good and evil, and and good triumphs in the end, and there's um, hardship and obstacle and a journey, and there's also kind of acceptance and inclusion and like all of those things that words we would use now but what they wouldn't have used in 1939 but um i think that it was also just so feckin' mad <laughs> you know it it wasn't it wasn't predictable you didn't really know where they were going to end up or what was going to happen so it it's still curious and it still takes kind of little left turns all the time so um I don't know, my, my children still were interested to see what happened and they didn't know what was going to happen once it started, which is sometimes the way um, with the fairy tale ones. And also, I think the music, I just think it's mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. I do think it delayed a little bit long when Dorothy gets caught and goes to the castle with the witch and the flying monkeys and all that. That bit goes on a little bit long. I used to find it so agonizing. Cause I'd be like, you know, the bit with the hourglass and the really bright yeah. red sand I yeah. would be like panicking being like what's <laughs> um, she, and I, even after seeing it you'd always still be worried but like you'd know she'd be fine but that scene it, it's like stressful yeah yeah maybe yeah. that's it yeah maybe it took too long to just get back and get rid of the flying monkeys and um and then, but then, of course, it's lovely when they when the witch does melt, and they all go, "You killed her. Now we love you." <laughs> and it's and then you're going, "Is that a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing?" I don't really sure. Well, let's, let's go. Let's not analyze it. Let's yeah, it. let's not. Is that going to wreck her head? Is she going to be the despot now? How, how will it go? She's go back in school, punch the biggest person in the class. Yeah, the power corrupts her. Yeah, yeah, that's hmm. that's the thing you'd be worried about. <laughs> um, if you met Dardy on the road. What would you be looking for? What would you be heading to the wizard for? That's such a good question. If if I met her, if I was to join her, yeah. um, what would my what would be my quest? Mm. Oh jeepers! Well, I didn't even write that one down. Just that's me. so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I personally am actually obsessed with mermaids, so. <laughs> It's like true. It's totally true. Like I, I, I think that I would be going looking for a tail. Or, oh. yeah. I, I, I read that story when I was really young, mm. and I just thought it was, as I thought most fairy tales were, actually always seemed to have this terribly brutal outcome, yeah. mainly for women. <laughs> um, you know, you had to just like fall asleep for a hundred years and wait for your prince or you know and and also do all the housework for the you know little guys you were looking after in the woods while you waited for him to arrive etc but um the mermaid one seemed to be the cruelest of all she fell in love with the prince right so then she goes down to the sea witch ursula she has to swap her tail and her beautiful voice to get legs that she can go and meet him with the legs like they work, she can walk and everything, but every single step is like stepping on a thousand knives. That's how comfy the walking was. She can't speak, so she goes up anyway. She, he's drowned, 
right? He gets washed up on the beach. Forgot about that. Yeah. She goes along and she saves him. And then he comes to and she can't tell him it was her because she can't speak. And then other little princessy rocks up and goes, oh, wow. I know I, I did it all. I saved you. And she can't say anything. And then, and then every step is like, a, yeah. And every step is like a thousand knives. It was just like the most deeply unfair thing I've ever <laughs> read in my life, heard, listened to. And so I, I've been completely obsessed with mermaids ever since. I think they're real. I obviously have some sort of complex where I want to go back and sort that shit out <laughs> for her. But also, I do actually, I do think I will meet one someday. I don't think they're going to look like, you know, Ariel or anything. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I think there's, I think it's possible. Do you believe in ghosts? Not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just excited, but it's okay. <laughs> I know that sounds slightly ridiculous, seeing as I was saying, I, I am saying that I believe in real yeah. mermaids and I don't believe in possibly real ghosts, as other people say they're real. Do you believe in ghosts, Ellen? I really enjoy the thought of it, yeah. I like being scared and stuff. Like when I was small, like my sister and one of my friends, we would just, we were all just really into ghosts. <laughs> Like, you know when people have, like, pogs? That was ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you do like... Ouija board? I was always too scared because I believed in ghosts that much. Yeah. That I knew that it would be a really grave error to make. Yeah. I think you were right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you can pick, like, two weird things to believe in. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you can't believe in all of them. And none <laughs> is just boring. So it's you like pick, that like, triangle thing where it's like you yeah. can have two but not three. Yeah. Yeah. What are your two scary? What What's your other thing then? If you have mermaids and blank, <laughs> like other occult things. <laughs> I'm not sure I could share that. Really, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. I kind of think Tara was real. You think Tara was real? I think I think it does something. But see, I love I like know. all those things. Sometimes I like, look at I have collect crystals, and sometimes I look at them in my room. I'm like, I'm gonna bring an amethyst with me to work. Because it, it brings calm, and I'm stressing out. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's probably placebo, but I feel better about mm -hmm. it. There yeah. you go. I think that people can, I think that people really have um, kinetic energy that we don't, that we don't know about or can't, can't harness properly. I did do a Ouija board. <gasps> Whoops. <laughs> and, and it really, really moved. And it absolutely scared the bejesus out of us. It was yeah. it was terrifying, but it really moved. And the, I know that the people were not moving it. Mm -hmm. But I don't actually think it was a ghost either. I think it was something about our how much we were focusing on it that it was like kinetic energy that we mm -hmm. could we could we could manage to move something without without pressure. Like all the attention. Oh, that's my yeah. Let's realize. Because I think everything's atoms. So if you can just control one atom, then you can do two and three and get the whole way to make something explode. That's what I think. Oh. If you, if you try for like 10,000 years. 
that's like you basically feel like you could have Matilda powers. You just gotta get the, the you gotta get the right atoms in a row. Okay, yeah, I thing. I think you're right. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I enjoy this a lot. Yeah, this is great. Uh, oh, so we, we should we should practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should form a, a column. Let's all look at the balloon now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you did made your own film. Yeah. This year, so. Tell us about your cool film. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, we love it. Oh, thanks. It's um. A, it's a short, it's only five minutes. It's called A Different Kind of Day. And I made it, um, we had the idea about it for a while. It stars two young adults who have Down syndrome. And um, I wanted to tell a story for them that was, um, so often I see uh, people with um, special needs represented in a sort of particularly special way. And I wanted to make a film that didn't do that. And I also notice that people say a lot in terms of, um, well, we have particular experience of uh, uh, living with somebody who has Down syndrome, but people would often say about um, uh, Daniel that he is Down syndrome. And he isn't Down syndrome, he has Down syndrome. It's one bit of his um, huge, extraordinary personality. Um, but... It's people don't say it in a mean way, or it's just that they haven't really thought about it or been exposed to the different uh, ways or, or of thinking or of uh, meeting somebody or knowing somebody. So I wanted to tell a story that just um, kind of just turned the tables in a kind of a funny, lovely way. Um, so it was really great experience. It was lovely to to, to do it and and to make it. And um, I I'd like to do more. Yeah, it was very compelling to be able to tell a story from start to finish. How long did it take you to film it? Like, what was the process like? Um, it was two short days because mm -hmm. I knew for the main actors that they would um, get very bored if they had to do things more than two or three times because they're really instinctive and brilliant and really bad about repeating things. It just, they just, it just seems completely pointless to them. Mm -hmm. So they're just like, why do I have to do it again? Because I know I was great. So if, <laughs> if you didn't get it, I sort of think that's your problem. <laughs> so um, so we did two short days of filming. And um, yeah, and it was great. And it was it's kind of an homage to Rathmines as well, where we live near there and just love. Rathmines is one of the places in Dublin that still seems really um, strong in itself to me. It's still a very mixed community. Yeah. There's obviously some very wealthy people there. There's mm -hmm. obviously still loads of, um, you know, students who live there. There's loads of flats. There's a few mad people who live. There's still a few phone boxes there that people have sleeping bags in. There's a great library that people are really nice and helpful in. And it's just kind of a good uh, community. Mm -hmm. So we filmed it all along there as well, from the top right down to the bottom to the canal. So that was really great to show that and feel you were shown a bit of a world as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the idea of, of telling a story from from beginning to end. I had to talk um, Daniel, one of the main characters in it. He really decided after the first day that he didn't want to be an actor anymore. He, he, he wanted to be part of the working crew. So he just wanted to be an AD. Like all he wanted on the second day was a high-vis jacket and a walkie-talkie. So <laughs> I, he was just like, I'm with my working crew. I, so I had to talk him out of his high-vis jacket for, for every shot the second day to, to match the first day's work. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a brilliant experience. And um, I think it's kind of like writing songs really or it's the same kind of idea just kind of painting a picture of something and telling a story and 
maybe like writing a short story would be the same yeah I was going to say and it's probably like people always say about short stories is that they're really challenging because you have to have a complete story and a really you have to make it the brevity has to be there and it has to be a full story and like a limited it's really challenging but I think it's it's a really good film I really enjoyed it thank you Mm -hmm. it's it you just want to try and make a world that somebody Mm -hmm. can really see but then it's only a few minutes long yeah I think it would, it's probably almost as much um, work to make a, a film. You just film for longer days. Mm-hmm. You probably kind of think of the world as much and, and do as much thought of it, just have more words. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, sure, we'll do that next, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked it. So you're going to finish with a song for us. Yeah. Which you're very yeah, excited about. Yeah, we are. Is Kieran, is yeah, Kieran we, here? Yeah. So while he's coming up, we do. Oh. Yeah, we can. You're not. <laughs> you're not, Kieran. I know what he looks like. So, there he is. other than that, do you have any final thoughts on Kieran Wizard of Oz Kennedy. to finish this off? Um, no, it was really lovely to be here. It was really it was nice. so great to have yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of insane, yeah. but uh, yeah. really and, nice. And I've never done um, this before. So, and the yeah. reason I came is because your um, email was so lovely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> then I listened. I listened to some of your podcasts, and I thought they were really. It was yeah fun. So thanks for having me. Thank and you so much. And this song is going to be from your new album, which is out today now, isn't it? It came out on Monday, actually. And yeah. you can stream it and, on uh, Spotify and download. Yeah, you can. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the songs are kind of um, heavy. There's a few more political ones. Uh, Color code, in particular, people seem to be picking up when it was written in memory of Sandra Bland. Um, but I thought tonight, because of um, what we've been talking about, and also my boots, that um, maybe we'd boots. sing a song that was more uh, kind of dreamy or, and somehow made me think of um, The Wizard of Oz. It's called uh, Sequin.
Captain, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks, Maria. We've been Juvenalia. Um, Alta Spittles up next. Thanks, Ted Stuff. Ted Stuff, Bye, everybody.